Hey, this is Zach uh, with another episode of the Brand Power Analysis Podcast. And today I'd like to introduce, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Greg Amiel. I'm with, uh, I'm a Canadian guy and I'm with the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group up in Ottawa, Canada. Uh, so I work with the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Canadian Football League, otherwise known as the CFL, and uh, one of uh, Canada's most storied junior hockey franchises, the OHL's Ottawa 67s. So I get to do lots of fun things in the um, marketing and sponsorship sphere on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, getting to work with a professional sports ownership group, uh, making sure that fans and, uh, and our teams stay connected all the time and uh, making sure that people here in Ottawa stay entertained as much as possible. Yeah, I feel like fans don't. I, I feel like fans, it, it's just like any job. I feel like fans kind of go in and they don't see the they don't see the inner workings of how hard it is to do to do all the, the inner workings of the players and the teams and stuff like that. So I definitely enjoy having you on and I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time out of your your busy day up there. What time is it over there right now? Uh, it's uh, it's noon for me. So it's uh, it's lunchtime. But uh, halfway through the day is usually a moment to uh, take a breather, step back, have some conversations like this. Uh, probably grab some some lunch right after that and then uh you know get back to a, a day's work here as we've been trying to solve some unique situations during this pandemic to make sure that uh sponsors and our teams are, are still staying engaged with our fan base yeah it's definitely it's definitely a, a a different shift i think going on towards the end of the year and i i think one of the things that it's it's somewhat doing is it's kind of forcing I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's kind of getting people and businesses and, and, and athletes in general to kind of see, all right, maybe it's time that, you know, we start focusing our, our ad spend and our building our brand more digitally and not a hundred percent. And not just that, you know, events and stuff are starting to go a lot toward a, a lot of digital too, but there's a lot of still inner workings that are involved with the technology side as there is on, on building the events and selling the tickets and, and, and raising the money and things of that nature. So why don't you kind of tell me a little about a uh, little bit about you and your position and, and what you kind of, what does your day-to-day -day kind of look like? Well, uh, about a year ago, I've been with the same organization for, for well over three years now. I've spent lots of time in the marketing department, but about a year ago, I made a switch uh, into uh, the partnerships department. Some people refer to it as partnerships uh, as we do, but some also say sponsorship and activations. But uh, what I do is I work very closely with a lot of our great partners that we have uh, in order to come up with a variety of, of marketing and integration and activation campaigns to uh, activate their brands uh, amongst our team and, uh, and our fans. Uh, so whether that's our telecommunications partner, our, our beer partner, our um, automotive partners, travel partners, whatever it may be, we have a long list of about 120 partners that uh, work closely with us who typically um, have access to stadium and an arena full of, of screaming fans to, uh, activate their brand in front of but of course this year during the pandemic that's been a little bit different uh, unfortunately the cfl hasn't had a chance to play uh this year they they rolled the season over and uh, we'll we'll pick back up again in, in 2021 uh, 
Um, but the uh, Ontario Hockey League looks like it's going to start right now. Where we're predicting in, in early February with a training camp in January. So it's very exciting because we'll hopefully be able to bring in a limited number of fans into the stadium as well as our television broadcasts. So we saw some great successes, I would say, with um, leagues like the NBA uh, and the NHL who, who conducted bubble-like operations, uh, but we're slowly starting to see other, other, other organizations like that of a Major League Baseball and NFL who are, are taking some forays into exploring what, what else could be outside of the bubble. And I think that's what we're going to start to see um, here in Canada shortly. So the past couple of months have been really focused on continuing to drive value for, for sponsors. And we've developed a, a program that um, we call the Our Nation Corporate Heroes. And Our Nation is, is the, um, the, the nickname that we give to the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, fan base. So our, our Nation Corporate Heroes is, is a program that was developed for partners to um, to develop uh, a great relationship with our fans and, and create some advocacy for the brands that are helping bring football back quicker. Um, so this is generally focused around, um, number one, uh, some great digital integrations, as, as you were referring to before. So finding ways to engage uh, our fans online. Uh, secondly, finding ways to engage our fans in the community as well here more locally. Uh, and of course, uh, give brand exposure um, to our our, brand, our sponsors across our uh, our site. And in the case of of the Ottawa Red Blacks and and 67s, our stadium is located in in a great urban area with retail, um, commercial, and residential real estate. Therefore, it's still a very busy area where we can put up lots of advertising. Uh, hopefully start to do some more events in the near future. So that's really, really what I've been focused on the past several months is trying to find the right solutions to make sure that our partners continue to feel um, and understand that we are driving value for them during the pandemic, even though we're not playing on the field. So what is the, what are the, just for anyone who doesn't understand, what do you, what do for fans that is what is what are activations like what is that what is in terminology that sounds a little more simplified what how how would you define an activation so an activation is typically a way where um our uh, if you take both both parties so you have our team and then the the sponsor um is finding a way to collaborate you can call it a collaboration if you would to get you as the fan, so the customer, eventual customer of ours and of course theirs, um, to experience uh, th their brand uh, meshed with ours. So we've done a variety of things uh, over the years to make sure that uh, our fans uh, feel uh, like they're having fun at our, at our games. And, and our stadium is called TD Place, so TD Bank is, um, the, has the naming rights to our stadium. And uh, every year we do a variety of different things where it could be um, an entrance where at the entrance of our stadium, we had the world's tallest foam finger that they could take a picture of uh, with and standing in front of it, right? Um, we've done other things with TELUS, our telecommunications partner, who is a major telecommunications company here in Canada, similar to Verizon or AT&T and those in, in the States. Um, 
where we do lots of digital campaigns, photo booths and other fun activities inside the stadium that our fans can explore um, their fandom, but also thanks to that particular partner, realize that, hmm, if I'm a fan of this team and this partner supports the team and they made me have fun at this game, next time I'm thinking about making a purchase or um, making use of a particular service, I'm hoping to probably um, use that partner's uh, product or service. So at the end of the day, it's a collaboration to get people engaging with a brand. So in some way, uh, from, a, from a, a professional player's perspective, they don't really see it because they don't really see the back. And I used to work for the Phoenix Suns back in the day, and I, I developed all the sponsorship material for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of know the intermingles of, of how a lot of that works. Um, but from a player perspective, I would think that when you think bigger, I mean, I, I know at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the, the goal of any stadium is, you know, we want to sell tickets. Um, but I think that comes along with, you know, bringing value to the fans and saying, Hey, how do we have these experiences for them when they come? How do we uh, win games? I think is, you know, one of the biggest ones. Um, so what would be something that from a, a player's perspective that you could somewhat acknowledge them on, on explaining how this benefits or how this works towards helping them as they evolve in their career. Absolutely. And a lot of our activations, I just, I just mentioned two there that really focus on the fan experience, but a lot of our activations come to life through the participation of our athletes. We have done a variety of different activations that include a player and their brand. Um, And oftentimes we explain to the athletes when, when we're working with them is that, you know, uh, whether it's in some sort of digital format or even an in-person format, um, this is an opportunity for you as an athlete uh, to integrate yourself in, in the community and amongst the fans. Um, it's interesting, you know, in, in CFL football, players, uh, you know, don't, don't play too many years. And I think even the same in NFL football, I think the average, you know, lifespan, uh, not lifespan, but playing career of a, of a player is approximately two years in, in the NFL and CFL, mm-hmm. which means that, you know, yeah, sure. There's, there's, we can name a ton, like guys like Tom Brady who have been in the game for 20 or some odd years, but the average guy will only spend two years. So if you have only two years to make the most of, oppor- of an opportunity, you want to integrate yourself in, in any opportunity that you can. And typically those opportunities are backed by partners uh, because they cost a lot of money to operate. Uh, there's typically an, uh, an opportunity in there for the athlete to be compensated as well. But beyond that piece, it's how you can be present and, and connecting with the fans that are either in attendance at the game or at an event in the community or uh, out at a, um, uh, a local restaurant or things like that. We do a variety of different things. So making sure that the athlete recognizes their involvement in this and how it help a fan go buy their jersey at the end of the day um, because they had such a great time getting to meet this player who's who made a wonderful impact on their day on their month on their year i don't know right um but those little experiences are, are what athletes should always work towards because without the fans and without the brands 
they're not playing. Um, and I think this year we're seeing that more, more than ever. Uh, you could look at leagues like the XFL that tried to get started, but without lots of fans and without lots of brands wanting to really help it go, the whole thing kind of struggled and, and now has been, you know, sold to new ownership. And because of the pandemic, we're not playing because they're not selling tickets, but the players, once they understand that there is in fact uh, lots of people supporting them, they can just give that little bit back. It'll go a very long way. Yeah. I, 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 I try to preach a lot. Um, one of my biggest things I try to do when I talk to athletes is I try to say, Hey, think about, think about your, you playing a game as a professional game as more of a business and less so a career because you know, one, the average is, uh, you know, a couple of years, but the teams are paying you a lot of money and, and, and the players don't necessarily see what, yes, it has to do with their performance and how good they do on in the game. But I think a lot of that does come down to, Hey, we're also paying for your appearance and your likeness on helping the team grow as an organization and as a team. And so the team, the team already leverages the players abilities and they somewhat get free marketing. So like you said, it's like, hey, you want to go into the sponsorship, you get to do this, come here, you're helping the team out, um, you're helping bring yourself out to the player, I mean to the fans. Um, but that's somewhat free marketing. So I feel like when they come out of the game, they somewhat, they somewhat see it as, oh, I can do this all myself, it must be easy because I have this connection with this, 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 and this. But at the end of the day, you had a whole backing of not just your teams on in the game, but you also had your coaches, you had the whole facility. I mean, everyone contributes in some way, form or another to help that player grow and, and you know, be on TV and, 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 and help the team grow. So I definitely think that that's something that players could take away from this. I remember when I worked for the Suns, I think one of the hardest things for me was um, – when we did all the branding and stuff for the, the, for the partnerships was watching the games and, you know, I'd look up and I'd see everything that we're printing or everything that we're making. And it would always be like, Oh, I have to get that done by tomorrow. I have to get that done by the next day. I have to get that done by the next day. Yeah. And so I, it was hard for me to work in the, in the, in the, in the arena. Cause it was like, Oh, I, it was always work, work, work. Um, and that's one of the reasons I went out on my own with it because I'm like, I'd rather work on this on the side and then be able to still go enjoy the games. But, uh, but that's besides the point. So, with with where you're with where you're at in in the business, why don't you talk a little bit more about um, your interactions with the sponsors, if possible, if you're allowed to? Uh, how do you usually go about um, working with these sponsor these these other brands, um, and how does that kind of work for the organization? Well, I. The first thing I'd say is that we have, we're very fortunate. And I think a lot of, a lot of teams will say this too, is that we really do have some awesome relationships, whether you're an athlete or whether you're in, even outside of the sports industry, um, any relationship that you have, if it's really solid at its core, you're going to be able to gain the trust of, of, of the other party in this case the brands that we're working with to be able to work on some really awesome stuff together so i'd say that that in and of itself is is the most important thing and athletes should look at it the same way as well um, so 
in the day to day of everything that we're doing is we're trying to advance and, and work through a pandemic right now. A lot of our, our, our brand sponsors that we work with have kind of come to us and said, okay, we're not typically doing the signage that we would have up in the stadium and so forth and, and other activations that we would do on, on game days. What can we do? Um, so right now in working with them, like I said, we developed the Our Nation Corporate Heroes where we basically created a bespoke experience for each partner. It's no longer talking about, hey, these are the available stadium assets that typically we can sell that are also television visible. And yes, usually there's one or two bespoke elements to, to certain partnerships. Uh, for now, it's completely realized that this year is about making they're okay with everything and that we're okay with everything so that we can get ready for what we're hoping will be some sense of normalcy again in, in 2021 as, as we try to navigate this pandemic. Yeah, I think it, uh, I mean, I, without going too far into the pandemic, I, I, I'm really hoping that, I think just the mindset of everyone and that, that nice cut from 2020 to 2021. My wife said the other day, she was like, you know, nothing really changes from 2020 to 2021. It's just another day. And I'm like, I know, but I feel like people in general are going to have a, a, a mindset, like a start over, like, okay, let's get past that year. Let's move forward this year. And I'm hoping that that mindset in itself for a majority of, of civilization will, will say, all right, you know, at least in the States, you know, we'll, um, or in the Americas will, you know, kind of say, all right, let's, let's start fresh. Let's, let's see what we can do moving forward with the knowledge that we took from 2020 and how we can advance, you know, more ideas, not just digitally, but, you know, with those players and, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, the more I get into this, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of need for these players and, a need for a lot of these players to kind of go out there and, and how can I say it really leverage their in-game experience and, and saying, Hey, how, what do I want to do next? What's my passion? And, and you can talk a little bit more about this. I know we kind of brought it up in our last call when you've said you've talked to the players a little bit um, when they want sponsors, you know, when you're like, Oh, how do we sponsor? Like, how does that, how does that engagement usually work with you when you're talking to the players and, and what kind of advice do you give them? Well, yeah, I've been fortunate in my previous role. Like I said, I was in, in marketing and I looked after all the community engagement for the sports teams that, that we operate. So I work very closely with the athletes, booking them for a variety of, of different opportunities, some for sponsors, some straight for brand marketing of our organization and being out and about in the public. But uh, I was fortunate to be able to get to uh, create some very personal relationship with uh, with these guys and, and get to know them outside of, of everything uh, they typically do in, in the public eye, which everybody just assumes is, is football or, or hockey. Um, and yeah, of course, in their case, as, as is the case for the majority of athletes, they spend uh, 10, 15 plus years of their lives solely focused um, on, on the sport and while they attend um, college or university and, and maybe other types of education over the years, their main priority oftentimes is to become professional. So they, they skip out 
or, or they, they miss out on really embracing the things they may be learning uh, at university or in school, which are typically the fundamentals of whether it's marketing communications or, or business. And, um, Oftentimes, I, I try to just spark conversation about, okay, you, you're looking for this sort of thing or that sort of thing. Well, then tell me a little bit about what you study in school, right? Uh, and you, sometimes you get a, a variety of answers. Um, and, and by variety, I think you, you get what I'm saying is that they're not very in-depth. Um, and some will go about really telling you about what they felt passionate about in school, the classes they really enjoyed taking, the things they learned in those those uh, classes and opportunities and uh, the things that they also didn't like, uh, which is very important in my opinion as well, because it's as you plan for what's next in your career, you need to know what you don't like. And um, I really try to get the athletes to reflect on um, some of these fundamental elements. And that's recognizing that uh, their, their brand is important to them. They, they own that that's that belongs to them and nobody else, but them but what could they be doing to make it of value to sponsors? And I think that's really the most important thing. And then I explained to them, I said, look at our team, for example, our team as a whole is of value to sponsors because one, we win Two, We have thousands of followers and fans that come to every single game and want to attend. Uh, they're attentive and they listen, right? Uh, if the Red Blacks are hosting a great upcoming event and we invite them there, they will come. So to sponsors, that's very exciting because they could work with our team to gain the trust of the, these fans to be potential customers because they recognize that there's an affinity and an affiliation between two brands. So I, I explained to the players that if you can create value and create trust and a relationship with potential sponsors, those opportunities will come. But what is it that you're doing that is of value? Sometimes athletes say, well, I have 50,000 Instagram followers. That's fantastic. That's a great, that's a great start theoretically, but are they really engaged with you? Right? Did you do something one time that was went viral three years ago? You got a ton of followers, but since nobody really cares and everybody kind of forgot to unfollow or whatever it be. So demonstrating what type of engagement you do, do you do engaging things on the internet that people find interesting? And by engaging, I don't mean go do something stupid that will get attention and go viral. You are doing something that people find interesting, uh, that they feel that they could engage with, they could learn from or, or feel a part of. Uh, creating a community or an opportunity to connect with fans is really important. So again, that's really what I get them thinking of is where do they create value for themselves and the sponsors? And what did they learn once upon a time to, in school or in other opportunities that, that could bring value again to those sponsors? And I think, I, I think a good example of that is JJ Watt. I mean, what he did a couple of years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. For the hurricane. I mean, and just watching recent news on how the, how he was a, such a big influence on the coach switching and stuff like that. Like when you're still playing the game, I think that teams value. And I mean, even when I watch, even when I watch play, watch, you know, football, soccer, you know um, I don't watch too much hockey, but I, I, I've been to, a, I've been to a few games. Um, when I, uh, when I watch these, mm -hmm. I always, 
tend to, the player doesn't have to be the best player on the field. Like there's it, a lot of times it, that's right. only one part of what makes a successful, a successful player. It comes down to uh, their morale, their, the way they act. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a huge Atlanta Falcons fan, for instance. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. hate the Saints as a rival. I mean, because, you know, I think Drew Brees is a, is a, is a down-to-earth guy. He's, you know, really, you know, honest with the stuff that he talks about. Um, and so, and, and, and even the Texans, which A.J. Watt is an example. Like, you look at these certain players and you become fans of these players, um, which helped you become fans of the team. So I think that, that what you're saying is true. And I think my biggest downfall when I'm trying to talk to players, I'm very technical you know, from the brand identity side and the marketing yes. side, I feel like I get very technical with what I say to say to these athletes, but it does come down it, it, at the end of the day. A lot of times it's the small attention to detail things that brands look at in the, in the long-term longevity. So coming up with like a brand voice, like you said, and, and saying, Hey, how are we going to reach this? And not just reaching out and, and blindly throwing stuff up, but really thinking about what, what you're saying and who you're trying to reach as a fan and how are you going to bring value to those fans? Um, that's really going to keep uh, you bringing in, in an audience. Yeah. Like you said, I've, I've had, uh, I've had uh, players come to me and be like, Oh, I have 50,000 following, but I'm not really making any money off of it. I'm like, well, what are you trying to do with this following? I mean, is mm-hmm. it just in there? And they don't realize that normal brands, you know, unless you're a very, very big corporation, they don't have 50,000 following. So they look at 50,000 like it's nothing. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, it's, it's still a lot, you know, it's still a lot of people that you're talking to. And, um, so being able to reach your fans and that not doesn't just help the team, but it can also help your future endeavors as you decide, Hey, I want to open a nonprofit or maybe you want to open a gym or like you said, find the things that you're passionate about and have an idea and transition that, that same passion over, um, and leverage the small things like the, you know, I always say a logo is just a logo. It's part of the brand. So why don't we dive in a little bit about what your thoughts are on, on a brand? I mean, I think that the word brand gets used so much that I think that a lot of it's misinterpreted, um, a little too much. So let's dive in a little bit more into what you, your kind of thoughts are on, on, on a brand what do you really think a brand is and 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 what do you think that um how that helps how would that help not just athletes but any individual or corporation um grow well i think to your point too i i would say i'll go right ahead and argue that a brand isn't just a logo either um the opposite direction right um and i think more and more so as people have increased access to i call it globalization of you could we in north america can hear or see brands in australia or in in parts of asia or whatever way quicker than we ever used to right um and there's and in the opposite as well right those on other sides of the world uh, can hear or see about brands um way quicker because of of internet and so forth but with with all that stuff aside i do think that brands more importantly are beyond 
just uh, the image of the logo. It's actually what they stand for. Um, and consumers are smart today for the most part, I'd like to think. And uh, they're much more conscious about what the brands that they choose to uh, purchase from or services that they, they, they make use of stand for. Um, and that, in my opinion, can go in a variety of, of, of ways. But I think brand statements are, are, are rooted in things like uh, integrity or, uh, or innovation or um, excitement, right? What are those emotions and sentiments that these brands make you feel as, as a consumer? Um, and an athlete should look to reflect the same. Um, in a sense, you, you could look at, uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, the, the bad boy Dennis Rodman um, that, that once was, it was different. Um, not everybody agreed with his approach and his philosophy. However, there was something incredibly captivating about someone who was kind of breaking the rules or reaching for some sort of freedom that other players never really looked to reach for. Um, and that may have inspired other people to do something similar in their lives. It's not wreak havoc and do some of the crazy things, but maybe reach for that freedom that they were looking to in a job or in their, in their careers. Right. Um, and, and, and there's countless examples of athletes who do this sort of thing, but they create a brand around themselves. And you can look at, at, at one of uh, the guys on the court with him, Michael Jordan inspired every young kid to want to be able to reach for the rim and dunk a ball, right? Uh, by not just because of his logo, but because of who he came to be, how he chose to speak in front of people, how he chose to recognize his failures as the elements that allowed him to reach his successes. So that is what I think a brand is really deeply rooted in is, is the, the sentiments that go beyond just the visual logo, like you've, you've said, right? The logo is part of the brand, but I don't think it is the brand all the time, right? It has to be a part of it, but it doesn't stop there. It goes way deeper. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, I think that I actually put a video up on YouTube about the jump, the jump man logo. And, and I kind of talked about that a little bit and how it, it, it transitioned and became a part they how Michael Jordan became a part of that. So anyone wants to check that out, they can check it out on the channel. Um, but I think that I, I'm going to have you do a little exercise, not right now, but uh, on your free time. Cause I think it will help you kind of dive into brands a little bit more like brand strategy in itself is one of those things that when we develop our, our brand identity systems that we kind of take a look at. So we got, we do, like you said earlier, are you integrity? Are you, are you, um, what, what kind of values does your company kind of look at, um, to bring in customers or fans or, uh, what is your voice? And so it is, it's not just about the logo, but it also is about your color schemes and your fonts and stuff like that, because that a lot of that stuff really does dive into your values. I mean, I, I think that a lot of, uh, that's one of the biggest mistakes. And when I, when I got into this right now, they do think it's just a logo. So they kind of look at it and they go, Oh, I'm just going to have some designer out there kind of create me a, a logo, you know, and, and, and I'm good to go. And, and then you look at it and you're like, 
what does that have to do? How does that represent you in any way, form or another? Yep. Like, and you're using bright coat, these certain color schemes and these fonts that make it look like you're some, you, it just brings this feel. I always tell people you have to think about the, the, the logo as part of the brand and it, it has to be, has to be so simplistic that it's subconscious and it's iconic. So I like to, I like to use examples like Circle K. I don't know if you have Circle Ks up there in, in, in Canada, but I like yeah. to use Circle K as a good example um, because it is a very simple logo, but when people are driving down the street um, and for athletes that are watching this, I mean, you know, you're driving down the street, you can kind of say, hmm, where am I getting gas today? And even though, you know, the Circle K is a mile down the road around the four corners that all have gas stations, you take that extra mile and you go to Circle K because you subconsciously remember their values and the honesty that they bring you as you buy their products. And so you go there. So I a hundred percent agree with you on that. So when I was saying, go back and, and as you're kind of, uh, as you're growing and you're kind of looking at stuff from the day to day, uh, just challenge yourself a little bit and, and, and take a look at certain brands and, and kind of say, as you're talking to them and you're, and you're working with them and their values and what they're doing, uh, kind of digest their, their colors and their fonts and their, and the, the stuff that they're working with. Even, even with the designers that you're probably working with to help create some of these, to create some of these in, in market advertising for that company, you know, and that's where of course brand style guides come in and all that nifty stuff, but we won't go that far into it. But, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It, it is, it's always, it's, it's more than a logo. And, and so, uh, and I think JJ Watt really, really, showed that a lot with his his campaign and, and how everyone when they look at him yes his logo and what he does i mean i know what it looks like because i'm you know i'm a yeah. geek when it comes to that stuff but i'm familiar it, with it as well it's, yeah uh, exactly yeah. so you think about that but now it's somewhat tied to him and you still uh, overall think of jj watt but when you see the logo you think of jj watt you know what i mean so I think that that's something that people can take away from it, that when they see that, when they see that, they feel the humbleness that he has and they feel the, the givingness that he has. And I think that that's what it really, really symbolizes more than anything. So um, I know that we talked about, I know that we talked a little bit about uh, you working with athletes and kind of telling them some of those struggles, but have you worked with, uh, have you worked with or, or from your experience as you've grown with these brands uh athletes that have have maybe not or we'll just say successfully but have you know open businesses or have uh worked in any sort of capacity outside the game yeah uh, right now is a perfect example um a lot of people do not recognize for the most part that Although they are tremendous athletes, though the players that are in the CFL, there's a handful of them that are uh, capable of, of not playing this year and having made enough salary to, uh, to hang on uh, for a year and, and return to play next year. But uh, this year, I've had a variety of conversations with some of our players who've had to look for another source of income and um, have had to diversify a little bit and they are still going early in the morning to train and stay physically fit. Um, however, they're going to a job uh, every single day uh, throughout this year to start uh, developing uh, their future. And some are much more ahead of others because some have recognized that even while they were playing, 
during the off season, they would be busy getting real estate licenses or, um, you know, taking courses to eventually become a financial uh, advisor or wh whatever it is of interest to them. And typically that's deeply rooted in, in what they studied uh, at school school as well, or perhaps what family experiences they may have had, businesses that they're around. But right now, there are some uh, who got a bit more of a head start and were able to find jobs immediately um, because they've already, you know, uh, I don't want, well, I guess you can call it interned in the off season with a commercial real estate organ. So they're not necessarily owning and operating their own business just yet, but I'm really proud to see that some have taken the necessary step as themselves uh, just yet because they recognize they do have some, some time left in their sports career, uh, but will come out of their sports career with something to talk about on the resume, such as the great leadership and, and, and sportsmanship and everything, te teamwork that comes out of playing team sports, but actually having the true, raw um, experience that is maybe looking for, well, which is really impressive. Yeah, uh, and I think that's good. I think one thing that not even from an athlete perspective, but I mean, you hear a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, I'll just call them gurus out there that will say, hey, you don't need to go to college. And I know you brought this up mm -hmm. a little bit when uh, college and, and we could dive into that a little bit later on, but uh, uh, I've tended to see, I, I tend to say, Hey, you know what? I think, I think college is, is great. I, I think college, you know, a lot of people don't understand. It's very similar to going out there and getting an internship and starting a job. I learned so much more outside of school than I did in, in school. Yes. But I think college helps you. Absolutely. Yourself. I think that that's the point of college. It's, you're having a teacher give you things to do to teach yourself when you're out in the corporate world um, working for another company or even when running your own business, you do have to teach yourself things on a constant basis and, and ever growing and ever changing, especially with like with what's going on right now. So I think that's a good example of, of why college really helps. And I, I give all of your, your athletes kudos for taking that, taking that leap. And I mean, I think it goes back to, to what you said of, and I, it, it puts a, I'm not going to say a negative spin on it, but I've, I, it's the first time that I really thought about, you know, college. I know college at the NCAA has been talking a lot about, you know, it, we're in the process of them starting to allow the, the, the students to the, the players to do sponsorships. And so it's really making me start to see it from another aspect of if, if, you know, maybe that, that's going to delay their opportunities um, in finishing. Like you said, they get so tangled up in, in training and, and trying to get, make it to the, the team, the, the team, the, the professional level that they, they neglect some of their schoolwork. So um, what is your thoughts on that? I think we need an entire other podcast to discuss the whole NCAA aspect, but yeah, it would take you know like the the overarching idea. I, I'm of a very similar um, train of thought as you is that um, education is a very powerful tool, and and it's 
it's a fundamentals system. Yes, I do. I totally do agree that you can go out there and you can learn a ton on your own without going to school. Uh, There's plenty of great people who have done that, uh, very successful people who have done so. Um, But I do feel, uh, especially how deeply rooted um, becoming a professional athlete is in the United States for most sports, the path is through school especially in my case where I work with some football players, you do not become a professional. You are, unless you are recruited out of a school. Yeah. So you do have to attend a a university. Um, And the opportunity that you are given uh, is often not fully reflected. And I think that's what surprises me the most is that um, to be able to attend some of these schools as a regular person outside of sports. I mean, the, the cost is immense. The reputation is immense as well. And some of these guys are being given a free ride, but they don't care about anything other than making it pro. But like I said earlier, the average, you know, career is only two years. You could spend four years in college. That's more time than you will have gone and played pro. Why not make the most of that opportunity? Um, and then when you finish park it, and go play your pro career because I, I truly believe these athletes deserve that. They've worked hard for it. But make sure that you take something from there um, that will allow you to, to have a future. Um, and in some cases, yeah, you have the Tom Brady's of the world who even when he retires will truthfully never have to, I, I do air quotes with my fingers, uh, work another day in his life. He probably would be set but he's probably of the mentality that he'll want to continue to work. And he's set himself up with a, a tremendous brand. Um, and, and, and now they're growing into the health and wellness space and a nutritional space and, and a variety of other things they are diversifying. And, and that to me is something that, that comes not just with, you know, uh, I'm really great at my sport, but also taking a moment to step back and be really good at other things and understanding how businesses operate. How do you do marketing? How do you partner with people? Who should I partner with uh, to, be, to achieve this? Who should I invest in certain things with? And, and you have to be educated to make the right decisions uh, most of the time. Of course, there's, there's unique opportunities that will come about and, and things may happen that great things work for people. But for the most part, you want to have a concrete foundation of, of what you're doing moving forward. So the schooling aspect, I think, is greatly important because it does teach you a lot about life. And it also teaches you, like you said, on how do I teach myself this? I've, if you come out of school, you've practiced for four years on how to teach yourself things. But if you don't take advantage of that and you're done your career, then you start having to teach yourself. Not only are you going to be four years plus let's say you played six years in football, that's 10 years behind teaching yourself things um, compared to everybody else who's gotten now 10 years of teaching themselves some stuff. So uh, that's just my perspective on it. Others may feel differently, but uh, there's definitely a benefit. Yeah, especially if you have a scholarship. I think that if you have a scholarship, uh, it's one of those things that I've had my, I just, we just paid off my student loans. So uh after 10 years so for sure it's one of those situations where i look at it and i'm saying you know if you have if you have a sponsorship take advantage of that sponsorship (laughs) a sponsor i mean a scholarship if you have a scholarship take advantage of that absolutely 
Um, but, but yeah, so I want to thank you for being on. I, we could probably talk all day, so I'll, 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 cut, I'll cut to the end of it. Um, sure why don't you tell everyone uh, uh, where they can find you, uh, um, who you'd like to possibly, if anyone, reach out to you if they, if, if they like to. And, and maybe we'll have you on uh, the podcast on a more frequent basis. Uh, I, I, I think you have a good insight on, on the inner workings, and I'd love to – jump on your brain a little bit more about some of these other topics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can, you can find me. I love to connect on LinkedIn. I think it's a wonderful tool. Um, simply triple uh, W Greg will redirect you to my LinkedIn. So that makes it pretty simple and straightforward. Uh, but I encourage you, if you want to connect with me, send me a message, let me know you listen to the podcast or uh, something you found interesting. I think it, it makes a great starting off point for a great conversation. Uh, that's how Zach and I got connected with one another. And I think it really creates a, a, an opportunity for us to uh, get a good discussion going. So if, if you're in the world of marketing, uh, sponsorships, uh, athlete management, whatever it, it may be, if there's an interest to connect, uh, please do so. And I encourage you guys to, to do the same with, uh, with Zach as well, because he's got uh, some great insight. I've been learning from him in the conversations we've been having. Uh, so I look forward to being on again, if we can make it happen. And in the time being, uh, Say goodbye. Well, thank you. Uh, and this will be another episode. This is another episode of the Brand Power Analysis Podcast. And again, I want to thank you for being on. And, and uh, hopefully we'll have you in, on again soon.